Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Here's a fun fact for you. 1946 through 1964 were a baby boom. And here's another fun fact. You're in the doom room. I'm Alex and I'm doomed. Greetings, future grandchildren. This is your favorite family heirloom. Well, boom, boom. Welcome to the doom room. I'm Justin and I'm doomed. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Doom Patrol Season 2, Episode 3, Pain Patrol, as the team comes face-to-face with the source of those butterflies from the previous episode, also known as Red Jack, also known as Jack the Ripper. So we solved one mystery there. Yeah, which is pretty nice. Now, if you haven't watched the episode in a while, here's a brief bit of recap. Red Jack summons Niles, and Larry and Rita go along for the ride. It becomes pretty bad as they turn into human butterflies and other things happen. Super gross. Uh, But ultimately, Niles goes through an evolution here. Once again, he is tempted by eternal life and has to refuse it for moral reasons. True hero of the show. I'm going to just keep doubling down on that. Over in other storylines, though, just to touch on those briefly, Cyborg is continuing his romance with Ronnie, uh, which hits its own snag at the end of the episode. And Mm. meanwhile, Cliff takes Jane on a road trip to go see Clara. He really wants to give her a giraffe. And it goes horribly, horribly wrong. So things not looking great for everybody at the end of this episode, particularly for Jane, who gets thrown in head jail by the end for not listening to everybody else in the underground. So, Justin... You were going to comment on how Niles is the true hero of Doom Patrol. Go, go, go after yourself by starting with that. That's ridiculous. I'll take it one step further. Niles is the hero and Cliff's the villain. Oh, come that's on. Where, that's where we're at right now. <laughs> you know, Cliff you know, didn't have anybody to be like, hey, man, this isn't, you're not doing this right. You know, I appreciate what you're trying to do, but he's doing it for all the wrong reasons. He didn't have it was anybody. hard to watch. He had he, Jane. He had Clara. He had, Jane. Jane was passed out, and uh, you some, know he, some pretty friendly cops. Yeah, really he friendly had cops. The police to tell him, please don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's when but he started to it. get. Yeah, that's they, they started it. it. Famously, police officers are like, "I'm going to tell you, but I'm not going to do anything further than that." Right, yeah. Pete? They're yeah. like watchers in blue. Uh, I always say, "A cab." All cops are benevolent. No, oh my God. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. The political well, nature I'm of this, this even... Doom Patrol podcast is yeah. uh, out Are of you control. Picking up this particular bait, Pete? That's interesting. Nope. What, nope. Uh, we'll give a counterpoint then. You think Cliff is the real hero of the show and Niles is the villain? Is that what I'm getting here? Yes, exactly. Also, I'd like to take it back to the beginning. I mean, <laughs> uh, Pain Patrol, the title, lets you know how this episode is going to go. I mean, this is, there's a lot of rough moments to w- watch in this app. You know, a lot of stumbling. Uh, I tell you, the real stumbling. hero is Rita. That woman is, you know, uh, doing a lot. She's doing a lot, you know. 
Mm. Now, Pete, if I remember correctly from one of our other podcasts, you worked as some sort of S&M sexual dog for a while. So how nope. how accurate yeah, was human that? Sexual dog. Human sexual dog. So how not accurate true. was this to that experience? I would not know, and I do not like to be lumped into this weird place that you've put me. <laughs> wow, hey, lumped in. I don't know, you man. You're wearing all black right now. You're basically bundled up to your beard. So that's right. It's cold. If there's one thing we learned in this episode, it's you have to acknowledge and uh, acknowledge your past, Pete. And I think it's time that you did. So in this episode, you know, time again does not matter. We're way back in time, starting in London with the old Jack the Ripper. And it's interesting that Niles has no problem walking right up to this scary monster that is Jack the Ripper. and With that, a weird hat. Yeah, well, I, I do actually want to say time does matter. And in fact, they're laying out the timeline of Niles in particular over these past couple of episodes. We touched on it in season one when we saw him lost in the woods. But here we're delving it into more going backwards in time. But here we see Kid Niles. So this is actually all starting to link up and fill in a lot of the pieces and the holes in his history here. So, yes, going back to 1888 is a wild for a superhero show that's set in the late 2010s, maybe up to 2020 at this point. I don't remember when this one came out. But at the same time, it makes sense for Niles. He has been alive this long. He is a kid there. And to your point about the monster thing, that's the whole theme of the episode. Like, is he a monster or is he just drawn to monsters? Well, and he, like you said, he's tempted. He's tempted by the thing he wants the most to keep living. Um, but he knows that he made mistakes and he's trying to do better. I mean, that was the whole lesson of this episode. Dorothy, yeah, that whole lesson. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was a cool kind of way to have the theme kind of be in the background. That's a huger theme for the whole episode. And, you know, Dorothy asks, uh, you know, about Cliff and why he's so angry. And, yeah, you can't say sorry, uh, you know, for uh, killing uh, somebody else's family so they can be this pawn in this uh, scheme that you're trying to do for yourself. Yeah, and I think that's a really, as usual for the show, really nuanced lesson because a lot of them are like – apologize and you apologize at the end of the drama and everybody hugs and then you kind of move on and you forget about it the next episode. But here really pushing these characters to not just say the right things, but do the right things at the same time. I now, think is really smart and interesting. I, I don't have kids. And so when Dorothy, what, what, yeah. what? Who are all the little Where people behind you? <laughs> okay. And since, who are all those, who are those but, little but when Dorothy, versions? uh, broke Danny, the brick, I was, so angry, just mm -hmm. you were so angry? angry at her for I just I mean, it went from being such a hilarious bit where Danny the Brick was playing hide and go seek, doing the old lampshade over the head. And uh, the fact that um, she was so careless with that brick and broke it was just well, she got scared holding a brick, which is a thing that's that's one of the harder things to break. Yeah, Bricks. a brick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but she managed That's to That's why we build houses out of them rather than lamps. Yeah, or children for that matter. I tried building a house out of children 
one time. <laughs> I, you know, yeah. for my time as a witch in the woods. Right. Well, that was right, the right. Fo- the fourth little pig was mm-hmm. humans. <laughs> it was sti- straw, sticks, yeah. bricks, and humans. The wolf got up to that house and was like, "Oh, this is fucked up." Oh, <laughs> fuck yeah! The wolf was like, "All right, dinner time. Bone in mm. steaks for me." Uh, all right, this is awful. Uh, well, but as you know, parents. These are the like- these are the nursery rhymes that you have to tell your kids. The four little pigs. Oh my um, god. Goldilocks and the human skin bowls. <laughs> this is really gross. What stories did you grow up hearing? They, I feel like these don't seem familiar to you, Pete. No. Yeah. Did you ever hear the one about Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your skin? Oh. Yeah. Oh. What about Hansel and the Human Centipede? <laughs> oh. You know that one, right? This is not fun. This is not fun. Can we please uh you know, uh, talk about anything. You didn't, as parents, were you guys like, oh, classic kid move, the one thing they're not supposed to break. Sure, to break. that. I thought you were getting to, did you look at that and be like, oh, no, that time that you broke your children in half? Because, no, I haven't necessarily done that. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, I did think it was fun. I thought that was, it's interesting to me that you're focusing on it this much, and I'm not saying this is a knock. To me, this was more a plot movement than anything else, because we do have whatever is going on with Danny in the background. What so, do you mean the background? Like, I couldn't get past once the brick was broken i needed niles to like let us know that danny is going to be okay because i was a mess after the brick was broken because nobody was letting us know if danny's completely dead or if there's any hope for danny the street first off there's nothing like exposed brick in in a home so like to see that brick doubled the surface area that's like the 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 doom manor went up shot up in value with all that exposed brick mm-hmm. and think about it this Second. way bricks are made of sand right so maybe they could grind danny down and make danny the beach wow Ooh, that's cool i mean the beach is you the guys ultimate street you guys weren't concerned about danny at all you don't i'm think- not concerned at all because if you remember at the end of the episode niles puts his magnifying glass and looks really closely at, at danny the street Right. Danny the Brick. And he's like, huh, what can I do here besides look very closely at this brick? And then, and then he throws he it away and starts, draw. Yeah. He starts to draw a new body for Cliff, I think mm-hmm. is what we're getting. Yeah, Robot Man 2.0. Yeah, is but cool. is Danny dead? No. No. What? No. Danny's How do you guys know that? Uh, because it's a weird t- way to kill off a character that is very fun and loved. Right. To just be like, and also he's a character dropped. that was a sentient street that was changed into a brook brick. I think they're going to be just fine. I'm okay. not too worried about. That. I mean, because the chief looks streets. pretty distraught. Yeah, it's a challenge for sure. Okay, what do you think yeah. about the fact that Cliff might get a new sleek, hot robot body, cool and svelte for the summer, ready to play on Danny the beach? Who's <laughs> summer body? Um, I think it's that. Well, we had a couple movements here um, to talk about the Niles Cliff stuff. Mm-hmm. Cliff coming in being just an absolute maniac asshole at the top of the episode. Just like, and even Niles is like, hey, dude, you're so angry. Get out of here with this. This is that you know you're not helping anything. Uh, so I'm just sorry, just real, real quick. If uh, somebody you knew uh, murdered your whole family, you would be cool with his breakfast, special breakfast time? You, would, you wouldn't. Uh... I guess I would I'm saying being such an outright I would try to deal with this situation. It would either leave if I had to and go be a robot man on my own space and time. Right. Or I would like try to be 
understanding of the situation and talk to Niles coming down every day and being an even worse asshole is not a, a workable solution here. I mean, once you murder somebody's family, you got to expect like, hey, this person's going to be kind of an asshole to me. You got to respect the breakfast time. I think that's the important <laughs> lesson here yeah. is I understand there's a lot of stuff going on, but a man's breakfast is his breakfast. It's the first meal of the day. It's the most important meal of the day. It's not really sets you up for how the whole day is going to be. So imagine you go down to an IHOP and suddenly everybody, everybody from every family you've murdered comes down and starts yelling at you, Pete. You'd be pretty upset. You'd be like, I'm trying to eat my Rudy Tutti fresh and fruity here. Leave me alone, you know? <laughs> I love the specifics, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, you're way off on that. <laughs> you wouldn't order the Rudy Tutti Fresh and Fruity? Is that That's the detail right. that I missed? Yeah, I would not. Yeah, Everything else right on the level. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, famously, George Washington and King George had breakfast um, every morning before they would go off and fight in the Revolutionary War. Yeah. They'd say, well, see you later. Give each other a kiss on the lips or wooden teeth, if you will, with George Washington. Mm-hmm. And uh, then head off to battle. You guys really know your history. Mm-hmm. That's right. I've seen Hamilton. That's one of uh, that is. And King George and George Washington faced off in a Mortal Combat like challenge when <laughs> um, George King or George Washington famously uh, get overheard him and then tore out his spine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it all started, a lot of people don't know this about the Revolutionary War, the fact that they had the same name, right? Like King George, George Washington. Nobody talks about that. Yeah. Come on. It was a it was a dispute. Yeah, they were about to fight. And they were like, wait, your name's George? Is your mother George. named Martha? Yeah. Why'd you say that name? Yeah. It's my name. Oh, it's my what? name too. Oh, cool. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, let's have breakfast, (laughs) I guess. Well, we haven't gotten too far afield. I agree with Justin about Cliff. I understand what you're saying, Pete, that yes, Cliff is in the right in terms of his emotions, but the way that he is dealing with it is increasingly unhinged. And that comes out with also just walking up to Clara's door and being like, hey, I'm your dad. I got changed into a robot. That's why I've been gone for the past couple of decades is an insane thing to tell somebody. Right. And particularly after all this buildup, particularly after it was so sweet and gentle and calm in the last season where he really came to this realization of her life is better to have a total reversal there and turn it to complete shit, as I think he owns up to at the end of the episode, yep. is is over the top. So I don't know if he's hit rock bottom at this point, but there's definitely, he's close to it. Like he is, yeah. he is at a low point here. Things are going wrong. Even worse than when the rat was in his head. Wow. It feels like there's other bugs or rodents in his head, the way he was acting at Clara's. He was, that was wild. Like just not uh, in any world, something a person would do. Um, So that was hard to watch, I think. But on the Niles side, I think, you know, he's being tortured by Red Jack. And one of the main ways that he's tortured is he's meant to feel like what it's like to be in a robot body. And I think that torture lets him into Cliff's head. And I think that's what uh, gets inspires him to, in the end, try to help Cliff with the new robot man body. Yeah. yeah, he finally gets to understand a little bit of how awful it is to kind of be a brain in a tin can that can't feel anything. But I think if Cliff had been able to sort of 
uh, talk about its feelings and not just scream obscenities, maybe this understanding would have come oh, a little uh, sorry. bit easier. Once somebody says, I murdered your whole family, it's, you know, it's hard to work through that so you can get to a place. Well, of, I can't uh, hesitate to keep bringing this up. Is it over breakfast or not? Because I feel like that's kind of an important element that needs to be addressed. That's true. Yeah. Address the breakfast. Let's talk about Jane because she is kind of part of that storyline as well as people. Well, just real quick before we oh, move yeah, on, yeah. Uh, one final thing on this. Um, that's why, like, just a little sort of life hack. Whenever you're in a fight, like late night at the bar and like things are getting escalated, I always carry two eggs in my pocket. So if it starts to, fists start to come out, quickly whip up an omelet, fight over. Wow. Mm. Uh, Can't fight over breakfast. Do you carry a hot plate and stuff or just heat yeah. it up on your own body? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a little tricky. You have to get a little. You have to improvise. Sometimes I'm mm-hmm. um, taking a candle and quickly shaking it up. Wow. Yeah, or, you know the phrase where they're like, "The sidewalk's hot enough to cook an egg on it," and sometimes they're like, "Yo, that guy has abs uh, sharp enough to grate cheese on." You actually have the opposite. You have abs that are sharp enough to. Uh, cook an egg on and uh, you should watch my cooking show where I shred cheese <laughs> off a yoked dude's abs <laughs> Yo, cook Jack on the Rabbit. floor <laughs> also thank you for letting me go on long enough with that that I really dug a hole for myself in terms yeah of what that I was, was nice. talking about I, uh, well, I think if there's nothing we take care of each other more is waiting till the hole's finished before we pull you out of it. I was thinking that uh, before you were about to fight you would just be like hey wait and then you would throw the egg in your face and then be like, man, in the do other I... person's face. No, your your own face. And then be like, man, do I have egg in my face? And then you would laugh. Mm. And then the other egg, you would make the breakfast. But uh, all right, very nice. I think, I think that would get me it, punched. It is a fair technique to pull out two eggs and just crunch them in your hands because that's confusing for people. It's, it's very confusing to be like, what? Yeah. This guy. I, I don't know if I'd fight that guy after that. Probably not. He's covered in egg. Yeah, it'd be gross. Ugh. No, thanks. Let's move over to Jane. She is dealing once again with the underground who is very unhappy with her, doesn't want her to be the primary anymore. And in fact, that seems to be what happens by the end of the episode. Um, What did you think about Jane's storyline and particularly the fact that she made a decision to stick by Cliff, stick by the Doom Patrol, regardless the consequences? I mean, very emotional stuff with Jane. (laughs) I love the intervention. Uh, the whole uh, the driller bit was unbelievable. Really funny. So creepy. The rag doll just sitting in the background the whole time. Great use of the chainsaw nun. I mean, come on. Um, yeah, chainsaw nun gonna chainsaw. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, what are we gonna do? We got a chainsaw nun. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> so mind your p's and q's. But I really loved uh, Jane's. Uh, saying, yeah, this is my family. Uh, I think that these weirdos and me belong together. I thought it was very emotional, very touching. Uh, and Jane was the one that said to Cliff, like, yeah, bro, you're you're really fucking this up. You know, <laughs> like, uh, you know, yeah. stop and take a look at this. And, uh, you know, was able to get him to come down off off the roof. And shouts to um, Driller Bill, uh, Driller Bill's letter saying, it's getting in my way of my drilling, and it's getting in the way of my billing. billing. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I appreciate that. First off, like the the giant paper that it was written on and the handwriting and everything was just, Driller Bill has definitely uh, worked my way, you know, up on the charts, like uh, more and more enjoyable. 
Uh, but let me also say um, in this segment here about Jane that she, you know, she, the under rest of the underground wanted her first to just stop using the drugs and go back right. to normal. Exactly. But because she didn't do that, they raised their demands. We're like, look, you have to get out of this whole lifestyle with mm-hmm. the Doom Patrol. Um, and she's like, I'll stop doing the drugs. And they're like, no. So she's clearly just let this go too far and is now paying the price of uh, maybe releasing Miranda. I thought for sure the next episode was going to be titled Miranda Patrol. Hmm. It might it might be. I didn't look ahead. It, Let's it's see not. It. Oh, it's like... Sex Patrol. Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> so not instead like of being Miranda there. right, you're Miranda wrong. Oh, That's 100%. You're Miranda. Just like that, we're all Miranda. Wow. Let's talk about Cyborg. He is still off in his own romantic drama of this episode, as yeah. we talked about the last episode, to the point Which that it's is, filmed differently. It's P- hurting. It's yeah. it's it's hard to see him like uh, far away from the team and with no remorse. Doesn't seem like he needs to check in. I mean, if you're going up against Jack the Ripper, you're going to need all hands on deck here. We could have really used, uh, you know, Vic in the mix. Well, that's what I don't understand. Is they're like. Niles and Rita are like, we got to go. I was like, call someone. <laughs> Cyborg <laughs> is a cell phone. He's reachable. Yeah. Like, yeah. just text him. Yeah. Uh, but they're like, nope, got to go right now. I was like, he could take a break on this romance. It's not going well. It's not going well. And can we talk about that? I mean, uh, I guess, you know, she's very shy about the fact that uh, she worked for some kind of militia or something. This evil group, we kind of get the reveal in the email. But I mean, a little disappointed in Vic just being like so black and white about it. Like, oh, you were in a black ops team. You know, like, come on, dude, you work with superheroes, you know, about like people kind of. Well, I don't I don't know that that's necessarily what's happening at the end of the episode here. She sends him the information, but she also doesn't show up to their date. Right. Like, I almost yeah. feel like she was right there. She was right she there. Was he doesn't see the her. door. It doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't count. The Alex, wait yeah. a second. I think Pete needs to learn this lesson because famously <laughs> Pete and I once spent his birthday together going to separate movies. Yeah, we favorite, met up and he was like, I'm going, to, I'm going to see a different movie than the one we were going to see. Yeah. And I was shocked. And we let, he left separately because his movie was a different runtime. Yeah. That was it. We just literally said hello and stood in line briefly together. That was the yeah. birthday. And okay, I just want to say, while Pete, we were close to each other in a building sense, in mm-hmm. this sort of larger uh, geographic sense, we weren't hanging out. And in that same way, this is not a date. <laughs> no, because it was. Both people were there. That's not, they were. You have to be talking. You can't just be in a proximity. Me. Via email, she shared her big dark secret, and instead of maybe him taking a second, you know, and uh, you know, like Cliff, like taking a second, think about what you're doing, he kind of storms away like he is all high and mighty, or whatever. You didn't hear her story. Uh, real quick question: What do you think sex is, Pete? If you're <laughs> saying they they were on a date in different rooms, how's sex working for the old page? I, I I don't have to answer this question. <laughs> well, what about this question? You've been dating a girl for a couple of years now. Have you ever met her? <laughs> <laughs> the stuff with Cyborg and Roddy is very good. It is weird to me, like we've been talking about, that it is very much off in its own storyline. But I do think the actors are doing a good job of getting the emotion there. I did think the sex scene was really 
interesting from a superhero's perspective, just like them trying to figure out what can we touch? How can we get sensation from each other? Because she's been horribly burned or scarred by whatever happened to her. He, of course, has a cyborg body. So them feeling this out, it gives it a different level and a more interesting superhero comic book level than what the material is, which is otherwise very straightforward. Well, and he had the classic rescheduled therapy group session email um, pickup uh, line. Which really, I think, got it. It was smooth. I thought it was Tuesdays, you know? Classic. And it does also tie into the theme of the episode, which, as Pete pointed out, is right there on the title, which is pain slash, on the other hand, you got pleasure. That's obviously what Red Jack is dealing with. He's dealing with both things at the same time. So that's what they're figuring out. So it does tie into the overall theme of the episode, even if it does feel like a different thing. But why don't we move over and talk? Wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. So you said... Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. You said... Uh, you do you know what she was doing in her like picture there? Because we just saw a picture. She looks like she no, was. No, part no, no. I'm just saying that. Like, I think the thrust of what we're supposed to know at this point is she did something messed up with the military, or like you were saying, militia yeah. or a splinter group or black ops in the past. Something that is either illegal or on the side of being illegal, and. Cyborg is bummed out about it, but I do suspect that whatever she is telling him, she's like, I'm telling you this to drive you away because I drive everybody away. And it'd be like, you can't drive me away because I love you because Mm -hmm. I've seen this plot before. Uh, Not just literally seen these episodes, but we've seen the way this thrust. That's happened to you in your relationships before, you know? Absolutely. The large majority of my girlfriends that I have currently while I'm married are are all on black ops teams. Right. Yeah. It's a great way to keep up from uh, messing up your marriage. If they're uh, they're like, listen, I can't be with you. I did this messed up black ops stuff in my past. I'm like, I can't be with you because I'm married. Uh, you know, but I mean, it's one of those things where it's a picture, you know what I mean? Like he gets all bent on shape. He doesn't know the story. It could be one of those things where she stuck her head, one of those little holes and she didn't know it was on the other side of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, where it was like pose for these pictures no, where you're, no. you're like you're in a whale body or something. You think you're bad that's your excuse. That's your excuse for everything. I wasn't there. I was sticking my. I wasn't at that nautical fair. That's right. I was sticking my head through a cardboard. <laughs> yeah. That's so fun. <laughs> oh man! Listen, I'm sorry, team, I'm late. There's um, a lot of <laughs> fucked up shit we've had to do in the past, but this is going to be the worst at all. You, Ronnie, you're a regular looking person. You're going to have a large looking body when you stick your head through there. And you, Travis, when you stick your head through the hole right next to it, you're going to have a skinny body. It's going to be very funny. Let's take pictures. Good stuff. Uh, Why don't we great move stuff. On but to I, say, I think the, yeah, the real, okay. maybe the real lesson here is that um, Cyborg has to, if the him seeing that picture was like, oh my God, she's killed a bunch of people in the past. She's made mistakes. His superhero morality is very black and white, very yeah. like good guy, bad guy. And I think he, as we saw in the last couple episodes when he met Ronnie, it's about learning about the, like people make mistakes and you can come back from, you know, doing something quote unquote evil. Uh, if you make a change, that's what Niall's struggling with cliff, everybody. So it, while they did clear, cyborg story is a separate story. It does feel like thematically they are dealing with some of the similar, similar. And ideas. maybe Dorothy is learning that she's a bad person, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, that definitely what, ties we, into exactly see, you what are like Cliff. You're being mean to Dorothy. <laughs> Why she don't dropped. We, she was scared. Fucking Danny. You know what I mean? 
Pete, we... she was scared by a giant spider. You would be scared by no, even a small that spider. That is not scary to her. That's her friend. She's been living with that giant spider forever. You can't be you scared saying, by the spider. You saying friends can't scare other friends? Because I scare. I'm going to scare the shit out of you. And you're telling me it wouldn't affect you because we're friends. I'm just saying, like a normal person could be scared of a giant spider, but when your imaginary friend is a giant spider, you know what I mean? Like we're playing hide and go seek. Hold the fuck on to Danny. Well, I think if you have read the story at Goldilocks and the Three Hellraisers, you there's a lot of lessons in there about um, how friends are there to help you. Yeah. And they can this, scare you. Mm, this chair is made out of skin. This chair is also made out of skin. This chair was just right and made out of skin, said Goldilocks. So... Speaking of which, why don't we turn and talk about the Red Jack storyline, because we've brushed on it a couple of times, but Rita and Larry in particular are horribly tortured as they go through here, oh, ultimately so hard to graphically watch. turned into human butterflies, as well as Niles, who has been tempted the entire time. Another great villain for the show, right out of the comic yeah, Why books. do you like Jack the Ripper so much, guy? Big fan. Just big fan of everything. His work. Yeah. You know? oh, great branding. That guy mm-hmm. was ages ago. He still got it out on the streets. Yeah. I keep trying to call myself Alex the Terror, and it doesn't, you know, catch on. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we could give it a shot. Yeah, let's see what happens. Uh, what did you think about this storyline and uh, what it meant for Larry and Rita? Um, well, I... The I really like the Rita's sort of trajectory here. She's sort of building up the confidence for, to be a hero. And I this episode, we got to see her struggle through some a bunch of stuff and uh, then use her powers in a better way, even though she was being like irradiated by uh, Larry's hands um, being unwrapped. And on top of that, we get these great flashbacks about Rita and Larry connecting back in 1966, which I thought were really sweet and a great break from all of the pain and torture going on in the rest of this episode. Well, uh, all I was going to say was it also ties really nicely into Rita's overall arc and not that she's done, but it almost brings it to a close in a way because when she first got her powers or whatever you want to call them, there was that cameraman with one arm, right? That kind of threw her. So there's always been this thing that she's had with people who are different or look different. um, And, that comes through in the flashbacks with Larry as well, where she's really put off when she sees all of his scars. She tries to look at it, but yeah. is that was a weird horrifying. moment where she was like, Hey, uh, why don't you open up that gift? And, uh, I'm just going to watch as you change. Like, well, I don't think it was exactly him a like moment that. To, well, and she's staring there. She's yeah. staring, sitting there staring at him while he's taking off his stuff. Like, uh, that's a little like, Hey Rita, give me a minute. I mean, that was not exactly what I was taking away from the scene. My point was that by the end, when she saves Larry with no thought about the cost to herself, that does finally bring that to a close. She doesn't care what she looks like. She doesn't care what he looks like. All that matters is the person inside. He is her friend, and she wants to save him. Yeah. Pete? I just, there were, you know, it's the touching, uh, you know, thing about, like, you know, uh, we, you, we can't both be ho- hopelessly lost or whatever, however nicely they worded it, you know, if there's somebody there, uh, to help. So it was, uh, it's nice that they're finally connecting. It's nice to see LT finally stop being a douche. Like, you know, their first meeting, he was kind of like very cold. 
Um, so it was nice to see them growing. But again, Rita's the one who's really kind of um, making huge strides as far as like her growth. Yeah. Uh, it's funny that you can you can't excuse Larry's uh, pain reaction of being like a little cold, but you can't yeah. excuse Cliff being a, a monster to a, a child. Well, when you you know your whole family is murdered, you know what I mean. You get a little bit of a pass a little while, unless it's breakfast. The defense We've already established. Nope. Unless also it's breakfast. also breakfast included. Uh, I want to shout out in in the scene we're talking about the Rita Larry stuff. The great sound perspective work where we're switching in and out of Larry's sound and Rita's sound here. I thought it was such a smart just storytelling device that let us um, really be in both their heads in a scene that I feel like a lot of other shows would just play pretty straight. Yeah. Any other moments from the episode you want to call out in particular uh, while we're talking about Rita? I loved her delivery on Oh God Damn It. I think that's when the butterflies showed up. Very fun. Yeah. Uh, What else? What other moments jumped Um, out of you? I loved I just a bunch of lines I loved. Uh I played an aviatrix in the spy who could fly. Mm-hmm. Just great stuff. Uh I'm not a clown, I'm your father from Cliff to Clara. Yeah. Just awful, embarrassing. Um, another Larry and Rita line, let's be lost causes together. Yeah, that should yeah. be that's basically the motto of Doom Patrol. And then Red Jack, if you will not be my charge, you will be my chattel. Was, what does that was, mean, by the way? Um Cattle? Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of it's like, like you know you ever have cottage cheese? <laughs> yeah, you ever have cottage cheese? Yeah, I the don't chattel like is oh, well, like the I, let me finish. Top. Oh, go ahead. That's right, yeah. There's thin layer on top of cottage cheese. It's chattel. No, it's like it's your it's your meat, it's the uh the cattle like it, I don't know. I'm blanking on the exact definition. He's just going to eat them is basically. It's chatty. It's chatty, yeah, it's, chatty cattle. It's chatty, yeah, cattle. chatty cattle. It's going to be, you're going to be the material that I used, the meat that I used to make other things. Um, I mean, the yeah. Jack the Ripper stuff was so intense, so creepy. The, like the torture, like the people who are like chained up as the servants, like just screaming for their lives when we walked by them was so insane. And then just like Jack, they're like just pushing in somebody's eyeballs as Niles comes over to him. And he's like, oh, Niles, oh, great. You know, and then just like walking by two people playing the violin. I'm like, oh, somebody's going to get it. And he just pokes her. Just gruesomely awful. Uh, and the fact that like he tastes pain and then asks Niles what the pain tasted like. And Niles immediately knew the answer. He was like, it's ash. Like just yeah, a, a creepy attention then- to detail. He seems to love it when he gets stabbed to death. Hmm. He did. Uh, he got to burst uh, chattel, into butterflies, so that was pretty good. Oh, did you look it up, ch- too? Go ahead. I did. Oh, will you want to say it? Um, no, it's an ahead. item of property other than real estate. Hmm. Hmm. Chatty cattle. You will be my item of property other than real estate. You wanted Danny the Brick. You could be sort of both real estate <laughs> and chattel oh, if man. you want to talk about that. Uh, just watching this episode, one final thought here is um, what what bugs come out when you guys cut yourself? <laughs> Mostly worms for me. Pete, what hmm. about you? Hmm. Uh, well, it depends on what kind of cut it is. You know what I mean? Um, An emotional you know, cut. Yeah, sometimes, cut sometimes it's uh, dragons and light. You know what I mean? Other dragons times, yeah, and light. Yeah, yeah. Other Neither times. of those are bugs, but go ahead. 
Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, this is great. We're learning so much about each other this episode. Yeah. Yep. I cut myself and there's just one big Ann in there. It's like, hello. <laughs> Wearing a little bowler oh. hat. Oh, that's surprising. I was going to say, I, uh, you're probably an ant, but I guess that's a separate thing. I did yeah. like Niles's move of like, you know, uh, stealing his knife and then stabbing him with it. Mm-hmm. Pretty Great badass. Let's wrap up here with who is most doomed at this point. Pete, who's most doomed this episode? Danny the Brick. We He's dead. It's all over. It's just <laughs> fucking heartbreaking that nobody cares about it's Danny brick the Brick. breaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Justin, what about you? Who's most doomed this episode? I'm going to continue to say Cliff. This guy's mm-hmm. not getting better. He's only getting worse. Maybe Stop. a new body will help. Cliff is getting better. He took a little step back, sure, but he's getting better. I guess well, I'm not saying he won't get better. I'm just saying he's currently not getting better. Come on, man. I feel like I've been saying this one a lot, but I'm going to throw it out to Jane. Obviously, she's the cliffhanger here. She's in head jail now, so things are looking pretty bad. Oh, head jail is the worst. But also maybe Cyborg, because he's in the biggest trouble of all. He's in love. Oh, my God. And if you would like to support this podcast, (laughs) patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Coming out, we would love to chat with you about Doom Patrol, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast, and many more. And now, as usual, let's leave you with a piece of advice, advice from Pete LePage. Yes. Um, kids can be dicks. Don't let them get to you. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. 